As he led the traitor to the killing ground, Orpa Colburn pondered. That gunslinger kid had the touch. Orpa wasn't sure how he knew, but he was sure he was right. The Taheen Grenly was a snake, like most of his kind. Orpa shivered, thinking how those orange eyes had slid across him, teasing out his treachery. But Orpa was perfectly safe. He'd been well-trained by the king's agents. His mind was impossible to pierce. The talisman Lord Silvertongue had given him, made him even darker to the scrying eye. No, whatever powers these newcomers had, his secret would stay kept. Rabbit looked up. She knew what was next. He loomed above her, rain pouring down her traitor's face. The bumbler knows. You should kill it. Orpa grunted. He raised the pistol's muzzle to Rabbit's head and steeled himself. As she muttered her last words, Orpa recited along with her. All hail the Crimson King. When it was done, there was blood on his sleeve. He wiped it on the dead traitor's jacket, then headed back to rejoin the others. After seeing or knowing that that person got tortured yeah. and is being dragged away and their partner is uh, hollering, what would your character think about that situation? Uh, I'd, I'd be scared to have that happen to me, so I probably would try to look like I'm not reacting to it. It's a lot. I don't like torture. <laughs> I don't like the idea of being dragged away. It is the worst way to be taken anywhere. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I eat one of my sugar packets that I grabbed earlier on and uh, just try to hang out. As you stand there between the tents near the water tower and you see the, the leaders kind of conferring, and somebody dragging a, a poor, crying young man away. Magnus just turns to the two of you, and his eyes kind of glow gold, and he just sort of starts to dissipate and disintegrate into these yellow particles, and he looks off to one side like a little confused, uh, but he doesn't look terrified, and then he's gone. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, 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 what the fuck? Colonel Merida looks up, and uh, and the others come running over. It's her and two soldiers who you've seen so far, but you don't know their names. And uh, Plover McKee, the lawyer, is talking to somebody uh, near the water tower. But anyway, they uh, they look up, and the colonel gives you a look like, should she come over there and help you? Yeah, I jump up and down and wave my arms back. Okay, she sends the two guys, and she uh, she goes to get Plover's attention. Um, so, uh, yeah, these, these two guys come over. It's, um, um, a balding guy in maybe his forties. He is, uh, pockmarked and he's got a, a boil on his neck. 
Um, but he, he, he's got that hardcore look like mid-worlders have, you know, like he's seen some shit. And the other guy's mm-hmm. just a, a young, bright-eyed, uh, fresh some rookie soldier. He's maybe 16. And um, you're not sure where he's from, but his name mm-hmm. is Joey. They run over and they're like, are you okay, sirs? One of our companions just, just vanished. What? It was kind of dusty, but also kind of pretty, and it was definitely scary. <laughs> okay, you see the, you see some of the gold kind of dust is still filtering in the air, and um, wisps away into these like white goose feathers that are now just sort of drifting around in the air. Yeah, I want to try to grab one. Okay, yeah, you grab it, and it sort of, kind of disintegrates into a sort of ash. Like a like a guru might put on your forehead, that kind of thing. Yeah, this is fucked up. <laughs> what the hell. Uh, the colonel and the lawyer come over, and uh, and um, the colonel like puts her finger to her ear and says, "Uh, Colburn, are you done?" And you hear a <laughs> in his voice, uh, uh, Louis. Or Hezekiah, do you want to use your telepathy? Do you want to stay out of their brains? Yeah, I'll try. I'll try to get a read on this. Uh, that's presence plus telepathy, right? Yes. Uh, okay. For I don't know why there's new listeners, but uh, just to remind folks, it's um, you flip cards equivalent to your attribute plus a skill, and uh, and then um, and then you die. That's it, right? Oh, and one if you're healthy which is like you have most of your hit points where are you guys at hit point wise uh i'm fine okay i am looking on my character sheet i'm at full health which isn't very much health (laughs) but it's all there no this is not a large numbers game (laughs) yeah all right um i have roll i have i'm sorry not rolled i have flipped seven on four successes Four successes, right on. No jokers? No jokers. Okay, cool. And John? Big bucks, no jokers. Uh, yeah, so flip your presence and telepathy plus one. Okay. One, two, three. This is a big card flip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently we are both astonishingly psychic. <laughs> Uh, well, I only got two successes, and I got a joker, too, so not very well, I don't think. Hell yeah. <laughs> bom, bom, bom. Uh, uh, Chase, you know that the two soldiers don't know what's going on. You notice that the lawyer is flipping through some papers, uh, and so he's trying to figure out. He's looking through the, uh, Magnus's dossier, trying to figure mm-hmm. out uh, what that might have been, and... Um, uh, the colonel is trying to communicate with the sergeant to find out if he's uh, killed the traitor or not yet. Mm-hmm. And um, he grunts and uh, she says, uh, we need you to come on back. He says, uh, yes, colonel. Mm-hmm. Louie, you get most of that, but you also get a really icky feeling that something is very, very wrong. Uh-oh. And you can't trust anyone here. And it's kind of freaking you out. So until you get to the bottom of that, all your mental checks, like 
spiritual, emotional, all that shit is going to mm-hmm. be minus one. Okay. Like you're too worked up. I, I knew it. <laughs> I knew this place sucked. <laughs> Magnus, you are waiting to talk to the colonel. You and uh, Hezekiah and Louie are just standing outside the tent that you just walked through that, um, that had a, a person being interrogated. And then that person right, was yeah, dragged away. You're standing here with your homies until the colonel and the and her assistant come over. And then all of a sudden you start to be transported. You see your hands and everything start to get all goldy and, and pixelated. And you look off to one side trying to figure out what's going on. And uh, you realize you have been pulled into a pocket dimension. And it looks familiar. Well, that's inconvenient. <laughs> you see this like rushing. It's almost like a, a upside down waterfall of purple and reds and all, all around you, maybe like uh, 20 feet on a side. And uh, as your vision starts to uh, lose track of where you just were and what's here, you see it's uh, the walls kind of stretching out and, and growing with this weird energy and like some sort of phosphorescent moss or whatever. And then there's these just tacky little garden furniture set and you're standing in front of one of the tables and, uh, and a bench made of wicker. And there is a demon sitting across from you. Uh, hello? (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to do a a first impression check? Yeah, that'd be great. (laughs) Okay. Give me a uh, a charm and uh, a skill. Empathy or or perform? Something like that. What am I doing? Charm and empathy? Yeah. Is there a perform skill? I can't remember. I guess you would... You're not a, a, a fancy public wizard. You're a secret... Warlock. Yeah. Yeah. More of a, a secret wizard. Yeah. Yeah. But you do also own a nightclub. So maybe. Yeah. But it's a nightclub for other like magic people. Yes. Very cool. So, uh, uh, yeah. Flip is empathy charm. I forget. Aces are high or low. I think high. I ask this aces every time. Are good. Okay. Five successes. Holy nice. shit. Uh, did you get the Queen of Hearts, perchance? I did not. Okay, so five success. Queen of Farts. Uh, oh! <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, got uh, it. This is your classic red-skinned demon with a uh, purple kind of. It's not a bowler hat. It has more of a flat top. I'm not sure what you call those. Uh, it's perfectly tailored, like thick velvety suit, almost like the Joker from the first Batman big lapels, and uh, it's got this ugly green sort of decaying rose in its lapel and a black shirt and um, those, uh, those like, you know those black and white shoes from back in the day, but, uh, but they're like a gross kind of puke green and yellow. And Lightful. it's almost like he's dressed to offend the senses. <laughs> Well, Magnus is offended. 
And he's got it big worked. gaudy rings on. Everything's like evil themed, you know, skulls and shit. He's got his, uh, his buttons on his shirt are also black, but they're like evil, like demon faces. And then he's got a black cane that he's kind of holding off to one side. And it's got a scary, evil sort of demon lady head on top. And he's giving you a like grin, like, ha ha, it's, uh, I've got you in my clutches sort of thing. And he says, hello, Magnus. Rude. <laughs> uh, like Magnus is kind of, he's, he's wary, but hiding it, you know, because he's super cool. Um, he's like, you know, I understand you're a demon, yes, but it's a bit gauche to just advertise it like this. Come on. So it sounds Who like you're you? using your, your super good charm roll to intimidate him. Sure. Cool. Lay it on us. <laughs> what happens? You did really good, so describe how this goes down. I mean, he's... He just kind of... He gives, he gives the demon just one of those withering, like... You know when a really fashionable person looks at you and you're wearing your pajamas at the grocery store? Ooh. And then you just... Yeah. <laughs> and it's also someone that you're that you kind of have a crush on. It's like they're fashionable and you're a little bit attracted to them and then they just look at you with that withering stare and you just realize every single thing about your outfit that's wrong and ugly and just it's it's that feeling. You die. Basically, you a hole opens up in the ground, you fall into it, you and your discounted off-brand cereal. Me and no. my great value shredded wheat. <laughs> yeah, and why don't why aren't you dating someone? <laughs> Welcome to hell this week on <laughs> our podcast. He gives you that a look with just that energy. When you come across a lesser functionary demon that's just basically a garbage person, do you do you lord it over them that they're not that great, or do you like? Try not to piss them off. Um, I mean, it's really a case-by-case basis. I mean, because Magnus is only half-demon, and he tries not to be evil. But, like, if a demon's just kind of living their life, he's, he doesn't care. That's cool. Well, this one uh, uh, is taken aback by your, your rudeness and uh, rubs his mustache with, you know, the thumb and oh. forefinger. And, uh, and he says... Uh, well, I see you just want to get right to the point, and um, I understand that. Please have a seat. Magnus hesitates, but, but sits down. It's come to our attention that you've come across an item of extreme arcane power, and I wanted to congratulate you on your uh, success you know, I've, I've come across all sorts of uh, arcane items in my travels. I don't know exactly which one you're talking about. Sorry. He, uh, he does a little flourish with his hands, and uh, the dead flowers on the table like float up and turn into a screen. And you see the picture from the paper of Mrs. Keneally and her husband, Harold, meeting John F. Kennedy during his re-election campaign. And, uh, and he says, 
I think you might recognize it. It's quite powerful. One of the most powerful, magical items we've ever come across. I represent a, a, an individual, an individual with power beyond your wildest dreams, an individual who can cement your legacy as a great wizard, warlock, you know. It's, it's a pretty exciting opportunity. I'm here to invite you on the ground floor. And he, and he pulls out a green business card and kind of floats it across towards you. Magnus sort of plucks it out of the air and uh, examines it. As you pluck it, it like dematerializes and then materializes back up to this like Parthenon looking thing made out of green paper and uh, a very familiar demonic presence walks out the front onto the steps and waves and um um is your father still alive uh yeah yeah it's your dad okay and he's waving at you from the top of the steps and then it and you realize he's not waving at you it's it's like a promotional video and then all of a sudden these gold letters come out of nowhere and clank together and it says sombra and then letters appear below it, corporation. And uh, the thing like floats away and, and he says, my name is Mr. Grimvaldi, and uh, I'll be Sombra's representative in this matter. And I, I would just like to uh, let you know that anytime you collect another item of this quality, we can make it very worth your while to deliver it to us intact so when magnus first saw his his father there he was visibly kind of taken aback for a moment but he tries to kind of you know get himself under control and he looks back to uh was it grim grimvaldi mm -hmm. <laughs> with another with a look you know kind of looks down his nose with disdain like nice trick But I, I prefer to work for myself, uh, business partners, deals, just haven't really been suiting me the last couple of hundred years. So uh, take your card back and he tries to, he kind of flicks it across. Okay, you start to flick it across. He snaps his fingers and the walls on either side like dematerialize and these people float in and they're almost like Dementors from Harry Potter, but in red robes and uh, like skull heads and they float towards you and they're carrying these like magical artifacts like you recognize the Holy Grail, the Spear of Longinus, the Magna Carta, the secret US Constitution, like a whole bunch of things <laughs> they're, they're the bringing The real out. Constitution. Mm -hmm. It's the one that, that they actually voted for that was better. The Native Americans were included. It's a oh, whole yeah, thing. Oh, yeah, Magnus saw that one being signed. It was a really great party. <laughs> Fucking rager, man. So they're all arraying, like, around you and, like, kind of doing the Price is Right move where they're, like, showcasing the item or whatever. And he's like, magic of this great power and more is, is yours for the taking, Magnus. And very powerful individuals are looking out for you and hoping for the best. They see your quality, your, your magical gifts are quite amazing and they want to help you 
achieve your highest, highest goals. Magnus kind of low-key rolls his eyes. And what's the catch? There's always a catch. What are you getting out of this? He draws out a, a stack of uh, papers and he, and he pulls it out of a, a manila folder and then he floats it over to you and a gold pen appears like wobbling, ready to sign. And uh, you see it just starts flipping the pages and you see where there's like, you got an initial, another place where you sign, like it's a whole thing. And he says, uh, that's the contract. You're welcome to take it and, and uh, peruse it at your leisure. Magnus kind of, he does his twiddly hand magic and sort of makes the contract come over towards him so he can look at it. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's there. And uh, your spells, you could like instantly know like what it is, where the catches are and stuff. Yeah. And he went to law school, I think. Nice. <laughs> yeah, he looks through it. And regardless of whatever the catches are. Oh, and by the way, his father's name is Asmodeus. Asmodeus. Like Asmodeus, but weirdly pronounced. I don't really get what's going on with that. So Asmodeus. So he kind of, he, you know, he sets down the contract after looking at it briefly. You know, as, a, as tempting as some of these wares are, I've got to, um, as long as you're working with Asmodeus, I'm out. Okay, he, he crinkles up his brow a little bit and he says, well, I'll tell you if things change. And then he snaps his fingers again and everything disappears and he says, be careful. This next mission might claim your life. And then everything goes, and you're back. Uh, Hezekiah. All of a sudden, Magnus reappears in front of you. How do you react? Never mind. I found him. <laughs> uh, everyone, like, shocks and comes to louis what were you doing when magnus reappeared uh i i uh started to freak out and get paranoid about how everyone here was bad <laughs> and then taking minus one to everything <laughs> magnus you you see that as you reappear the contract has like swirled down into this tiny little nugget that like flies and floats into your lapel it's like the size of a six-sided die. Okay, now listen. Hold on a minute. Stop. Where did you go? Was it somewhere here? What did these assholes do? The colonel says, there is no time for that. There's plenty of time for this. I want to make sure we're safe here. Plover, encourage our friends to go to the planning session. We'll be there in ten minutes. And she, uh, she and her friend walk off. I don't think it was any of these people. It's we'll talk about it later. Okay, but you're gonna tell me everything. <laughs> yeah, that was real weird. Uh Magnus, I can't remember. Do you um are you able to protect yourself from psychic scrying? Do you even lift? <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, I don't think Magnus has much of that. Like he might be able to notice if someone, like, if someone is poking into his brain, like, really magically, but I don't think he'd necessarily have any protection for that. I think he's aware that these guys are psychic, right? Or at least Hezekiah? I think, yeah, I think he knows. Hezekiah, you've talked to 
your teammates in their minds. Oh, right? yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. So, yeah, do you guys want to say anything silently before we move to the next uh, bit? I was just going to say, dude, what the fuck, in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Magnus just kind of does a little shrug, like, and the little, um, you know, where you, you do your, your hand across your neck to be like, don't talk about it. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> um, I'll I'll bip into your mind. You all right? Uh, is it the sort of thing where even if Magnus doesn't have mind powers, would he? You can reply to this message. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was asking. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, pretty much same thing he said. Like, uh, the usual, being tempted by offers from hell. Mm. Uh, I don't worry about it. You know what? I've got enough. I got enough. I'm worrying about right now. So okay, <laughs> sounds good. Louis, as soon as you hear about, hear that, you're like, oh hell, oh shit, oh fuck. You think of your Randall flag or mm-hmm. or whatever he goes by. I I am deeply concerned by this, but I am deeply concerned by so many things right now. <laughs> And without really thinking about it, Magnus reaches into his pocket to kind of finger that contract that's turned into a die. Just kind of thoughtfully, like. Hmm. Okay. As you uh, as you finger it, (laughs) it uh, it makes you think. Like it makes like your your magic is kind of turning it over and over again, trying to find the loopholes and stuff. Yeah. And it's it's very airtight. It's pretty interesting. You'd have to sit down with it more to like figure it out, but like that's the feeling you get. Yeah, I have to put on the the lawyer glasses. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, do you guys want to? These two soldiers, Pendergrast and Joey, are encouraging you to follow them to the planning tent. Yeah, I'll go. Yeah, this is all in my mind as we're walking. Yeah. Nice. So you pass the. You pass the water tower, you, you pass a few more tents, and then you go into another one of those deep trenches. And uh, as you're going, uh, the sky, you think, might be lightning. You're not sure. It's still black, but a little purple. And the stars um, the stars are strange. Hezekiah, the stars look pretty, pretty much the same as when you left, mm-hmm. but some of them are missing. And it's a clear sky, so it's not like they're being blocked well, off. Shit, I didn't take them. <laughs> and then off to the off to the uh, sort of northeast and southwest, there's like this greenish kind of haze up at the horizon. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not the light, <laughs> so you're not sure what that's all about. And you hear distant kind of kabooms, and and you smell weird smells and stuff. It's definitely the weirdest battlefield you've ever been on. Mm. If you were to have a flashback from a a war battle type thing, what would that be like? I mean, it's definitely got to be the Battle of Jericho right there. You know, it's certainly the worst one I've been a part of, that's for sure. So as you're going down these tunnels, you're starting to see, like, as you went into position to... uh, you were being, you were leading, you were lining up your troops in your, cause you're an officer basically. And so you're lining up your spearmen and, right. and crossbowmen and stuff. And so you see that's happening here. These guys are like getting their gear together and then their, their team leader comes along and, and leads them off into some tunnel or another. 
and you can hear most of the activity is off to the to the northwest mm-hmm. or off to the right a little bit and you guys are going down this largest center tunnel and it opens out and you see a tent and like people over a table and you get this flashback of of uh roland um he's like the oldest gunslinger left alive he's 18 and he's leaning over the table and he sees you and he gives you that like i'm counting on you look Mm -hmm. and then you see colonel merida is the one in that position looking at you and it's like it's like this is it gotcha this is like the kind of meeting you have right before everybody dies (sighs) (laughs) it's okay let it out okay all right fine 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 and i'm just muttering that to myself under my breath as i walk into this room just fine fine nice fine that's fine louis this looks just like a bunch of uh war movies you've seen but i don't think you ever went to war oh i've seen a movie before though i'll tell you what <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's sort of a dirty dozen situation it's like the beginning of of uh predator yeah is that the one movie you've seen it's one of many <laughs> no, he got here in the 80s, so he's been here 30-some-odd years. By here, I mean America, the United yeah. States, New York City. New York City? Thank you. <laughs> Get a rope. Magnus, what do you think about while you're walking up to this war table? Don't say New York City. I'll have to do it again. <laughs> um, well, uh, Magnus hasn't had experience in, like, a mundane war situation, but and he's been in his share of fights and conflicts um, in the more, you know, magic-y, demon-y realm. So he, you know, he cool. can read a room. He knows, he knows this feeling. Very nice. Uh, I mean, you say he's like a thousand years old. You must have lived through wars. Yeah, he avoided them. <laughs> uh, like he just took a boat. That's how you live through them, typically. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um at least like yeah human or you know in in his in his world mundane is like the non-magical people so he's kind of just avoided mundane wars as much as possible oh sort of like the harry potter wizarding world yeah yeah a lot like that cool. um it's, you know it's not his problem cool so you see them and you're like you feeling a little outside of this uh, yeah. But you still feel this this command to do good for these people. You haven't quite unpacked it all. Um, and then you see that huge sergeant, Sergeant Colburn, come stalking in off from the left as you come in close to the colonel. And the troops are all lining up past the the uh, the planning tent. You see them all lining up in their various squads. And the sergeant comes up to you, and he's flanked by two um, Latinx women. They're uh, uh, they're both about like five two. They're all kitted out with all this like military gear. They both have sniper rifles and like fancy goggles and uh, like cool ass warrior tattoos. And uh, they line up behind him silently. And the colonel gives him this look. And he gives her this look, and it's clear that, like, she's saying, did you do it? And he's like, yep, I did it. So, uh, and uh, he gives her a nod, and so she pulls up this uh, 
what do you call it? Like a, one of those overhead projectors. Mm. And uh, somebody pulls some curtains around so it's bright enough to see it. And she shows you where they're sending their main force, right? And that's what you're seeing lined up. And they're sending them to the right in a, uh, like a slow march towards the, the, the crack in the beam. And that's where you're going to, um, that's where they're going to put the, uh, once they integrate the piece of the beam, it's going to like allow them to go to the next part of it. And so they're all lining up in this one area and they're making a lot of noise. And so basically the mission is uh, they're going to be a diversion and then you guys are going to go on the secret commando raid down through the deep tunnels to go to some sort of power plant just on the other side and you're going to blow up these pillars and bring the whole thing down. It's uh, She calls it the energy control center. And so, and then once that happens, she doesn't tell you this, but you pretty much figure it out that it's like a fake thrust on one side. Then the people think the real attack is coming on this other side. And so then the, the fake thrust becomes the real thrust. Ah, <sighs> That's nice a lot out. of thrusts. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, so. yes, the old switcheroo. Yeah, I'm, so that's I'm your... just still picturing them taking five minutes to adjust the focus on that projector. Like, <laughs> hell yeah. Like, no, it's still too small. No, now half of it's on the ceiling. No, it's blurry. <laughs> oh, no, it's blurry in a different way. <laughs> we all take turns trying to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a solid minute before anybody realizes I have never seen a projector before. <laughs> I still try. You've never seen one before? Probably not. If he's from like this. Oh, they were all over the place in that that freaky uh, where the Red Ragers are from. Oh, okay, gotcha. They were uh, they weren't necessarily reel to reels, but there were screens with thing like janky videos playing. Yeah, but I probably never like had like an overhead projector where I have like a slide like a focus adjuster. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. get to play. Hezekiah's <laughs> never gotten to play with one of those. It's like a magic spell. Exactly. Pretty excited. <laughs> Enlarge. <laughs> Uh, so she kind of walks you through the thing. Sergeant Colburn's going to take you um, down a secret way. They they got some intelligence from the traitor. And, uh, well, she doesn't say that, but, you know, you assume that might have something to do with it. You're going to go down this side passage. You're going to cross the gap between the beams with a... Um, the, she says there's going to be a pipe and the, the sergeant will get you guys across and uh, cover your rear and if you have to abort um you'll just uh um you'll make a signal you know the sergeant will tell you what the agreed upon signal is and then um he will open your uh, rear exit and you'll you'll escape mm-hmm. and then he'll uh, blow the the connection and they'll abort the whole mission so um you have to be real stealthy um because it, it it has to be a total surprise. Right. Okay. Is Magnus's magic working in this universe? Do we know that yet? Mm, have you tried it yet? I think you floated things around a little bit. I, f- I floated some things in the... Um, when the demon pulled me into his little dimension. I don't know if I've done anything... 
here. You guys hung out in the war room a little bit, didn't you? Yeah, he, he might have summoned himself a cup of coffee, come to think of it. Yeah, so it's up to you. Your magic is working. You're just not, uh, you haven't, if you try to make a portal, it'll be weird. Okay. And um, the lawyer, in fact, one of the things he comes over and he whispers to you and he says, uh, he says, um, we'd encourage you not to use the portals until we understand, until we have enough time to, to work out the science and how it works. Uh, given that our world has moved on and things are strange. Magnus kind of nods. He's, yeah. In a pinch, I could try and get us back here, but it's it's dangerous using a using a portal when you don't know where it's going to go. Yeah, he looks over at the colonel and uh, almost as if he's like thinking about whether to tell her. And then uh, does anybody? She's like, does anyone have any questions? Yeah, I got. A bunch of questions. <laughs> <laughs> she looks at her watch and she says, you have 12 minutes. Okay. Make it count. First of all, what the hell is going on here? That's pretty general, but let's start with the basics. We had Magnus disappear in front of our eyes and y'all didn't even care. It was like you didn't even notice. It was like you were trying to dismiss it as if it didn't happen. I don't appreciate it. Why are we disappearing? You, you watched the briefing tape, didn't you? We're fighting a war. You're part of a war. You're a soldier now. You do what we tell you. Or you're of no use to us. So you can either stay here or go back. But if you're going forward... You're going to do it the way we ask you to do it. Why are we disappearing, though? I'm not disputing that part. Uh, she looks over at you, Magnus. Magnus kind of turns, puts his hand on his shoulder and kind of, like, says in a low voice, like, don't worry about it. I told you we'll talk about this later. Fine. Getting, like that kind of, you know, that tenseness to his voice where he's like, just be quiet. <laughs> Be cool for two minutes. Just, just calm. You're embarrassing me in front of the wizards. <laughs> Fine. This one time, I'll chill out. She says, you've all been brought to us because you have special gifts. Magnus, over here, can travel to and from worlds. It's, uh, it's dangerous when she's here in mid-world, but, uh, or when he's here in mid-world, but, uh, you know, you're all your own people. So if you can try to stay within mission protocols, you can also use your powers however you like. Is that okay, Mr. Bella Bentor? I guess. Good. Good. Oh, one exception. If I disappear, I can't do anything. But go on. Plover tells me you have an idea about a portal, so... uh Go talk to him about that, and uh, we'll finish up this briefing. Uh, Louis expressed his concerns. Uh, Hezekiah. I just need whatever backup you can give me, that's all. She uh, throws you guys each uh, a little envelope, and she says, uh, once you're underway, you'll crack that. That's your, that's your top secret information. That'll tell you your formations, uh, your code words. Mm. and uh, there'll be a pill in there for you to take. If you get captured, you're going to want to die. 
and there's an emergency contact beacon if you can't help but be trapped behind enemy lines, but you haven't been captured yet, we'll, uh, you activate that and, and we'll come and try to find you. Okay? Yeah, uh, what if I want to die sooner than that? Can I take the pill earlier? She smiles and she looks over at her people like, uh, does anybody get a load of this guy? And, and they all look fairly humorless. Magnus shoots him a concerned look because he's not entirely sure if he's joking or not. <laughs> I uh, say under my breath in a mocking tone, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> Magnus just shrugs and barely resists the urge to open up the envelope right now. She says, well, it, it appears we all have some secrets and some troubles of our own. Let's try to stay on one page, though. This is a very important mission you come highly recommended. All you have to do is blow up those pillars and bring down the control center and all their shields go. And we'll tear them to pieces. You'll be heroes. And how exactly do we get out once the pillars have been blown? Speaking as someone who prefers to stay alive. Yeah. Talk to your sergeant about that. Again, that's top secret between you and your team leader. It'll all be in there. All right? All right. I do love compartmentalization. <laughs> uh, does anybody want any specific gear before you go on this mission? Hmm. hmm. I still got my guns. Still got my ammo. Hey, uh, that's all still I need, really. Ammo. Magnus has just got these hands, and you're going to catch him. This is mostly <laughs> basic stuff, but unless you guys think of, like, a fun flavor, weird thing that might be magical or weird science or whatever, you can do that, too. Uh, do we need to get, like, bombs? I mean, Magnus can explode things with his hands, so... <laughs> catch these hands. You really want to catch these hands. <laughs> Uh, so, if you had your own bombs, John, would you want, like, a proximity mine or grenades or, uh, like, that sort of thing? Uh, something with a timer. Okay. But separate from what you're using to blow up the pillars. Uh, yeah. Why not? Give okay. give me some bombs. Okay. Uh, how big are these bombs? I don't know. How big is a bomb? <laughs> well, I mean, there's, you know, enough C4 to blow open a vault door. There's enough uh, dynamite to blow up a mine, you know, like. Uh, I want several. Uh, I want old school round bombs. Uh, <laughs> that, some bomb. Yeah, some old. I want like a comic Snively Whiplash bomb. I want four of them. And, uh,. Oh my god. They have like the power of like a stick of dynamite, let's say. Okay. I don't know how explosives <laughs> work. <laughs> okay, so they give you this uh this rickety cart with like big kind of old ratty tires and it's got a, a tub in it mm -hmm. and filled with uh sawdust and then four round bombs on there yes. with fuses and a little leather pouch off to the side that you then poke in and then light um do you need a lighter 
Uh, yeah, I'll take a lighter. Okay, they give you a lighter. Magnus kind of peers at the bombs like, people still use these? I mean, <laughs> look, as long as they make people dead, yeah, they'll still use them. They still use knives, too, you know. <laughs> uh, so there, there's also a film strip on how to use these bombs, if you want to watch that. I can cut that in here. Uh, I think I'm okay. I've, I've seen enough Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoons to know how these work. <laughs> I'm picturing one of those little video things from, like, Bioshock. You know, when you get a new plasmid and it's like... Hey, I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> Only, for whatever reason, I put Vault Boy in there. Yeah, Vault yeah. Boy. Same energy, same energy. Exactly. <laughs> same vault. <laughs> same yeah. hat. Okay, cool. Uh, it also comes with a... Uh, complimentary old-timey burglar mask. Ooh. Oh, nice. That's a hot look. I definitely <laughs> put it over my my other mask, my skin mask. Oh, and the timer is a comically large stopwatch on a chain that you All put right. in your uh, It is pocket. until this moment that I forgot that you are also an orangutan. Yeah. I'm doing my best to... I mean, that's the point, you know? I, I'm going to pass sometimes, but not all the time. Okay, Hezekiah, do you need anything before you go? Shay, you know what? I mentioned it before. I was joking around. I kind of want a knife. A knife. Uh, they have several a types. <laughs> a knife? A knife. What sort of knife would you like? That's my knife. Um... I want something that I'll be able to kind of hide up my sleeve that I can, you know, like, swing down if I need to. Your Assassin's Creed hidden blade. Exactly. My, my Dragon Lance uh, knife on a, uh, on a leather thong. Okay. Okay, sort of like a, like a wizard might hide. Exactly. The, the, what is it? What is it? The Wizard's Last Resort, I think it's called in Dragon Lance, because yeah. I'm an old man. So this is a dagger. This isn't like a folding knife or a switchblade. It's like oh a... yeah, yeah. No, this is. I mean, it might be. I, I kind of you know. I'm gonna take whatever they're gonna give me. Okay, nice. Yeah, we'll say this is a uh, uh, a silver dagger with a. Uh, they call it a dragon skin sheath. Mm. You're not sure if it really is, but it's reddish and scaly. And uh, they strap that to your wrist, and then you put your sleeve over it, and it and it uh, it has like a spring-loaded kind of thing that pushes it to where you can grab it with Perfect. one hand. Um, and Magnus, you want anything? No, not he's good. Like I said, okay, he's cool. got these hands. Okay. He's not really a weapon or whatever. You know, he just. Just blast people with magic if he needs to fight. He's got these hands. Um, you notice that they also have a coffee machine here. They have some uh, some fresh pastries. And uh, there's a porta potty if you guys need to go to the bathroom or whatever. And next <laughs> to the porta potty, they have like a VIP sort of sink. VIP? <laughs> nice. That was good. Thank you. Thank you. I felt. I. I I felt dumb saying it, but I'm glad I said it nonetheless. So, yeah, uh, does anybody want to uh, change their outfit or put on makeup or whatever? That's the place to do it. I want to pee. Okay, cool. You you go pee. Uh, Merida, 
comes over to you, Magnus, and um, and uh, says that um, Plover thinks that you might be able to affix a place here as a as a a home base for your portal if you absolutely have to use one. Um, and it's somewhere that if there was a blast or something that went off, it wouldn't hurt anybody. So they they have a an alcove just off this area that, that they pull a bunch of barrels and stuff out of, and you can set it there. All they need is a focus, something that's yours that um, that you put in that area that'll, like, create a bond. You have your own way of, of setting up portals, he says to her? Uh, this is all theoretical. Uh, Plover's like, you know, I, I, I did some research since we got some advance word that you'd be coming. So um, uh, there's something about portals in your world that uh, certain sigils, they call them. Uh, uh, there's there's uh, runes and other things of this nature. Um, but but it, we, we're kind of convinced that you're powerful enough to, to do it with something as simple as a, a totem, something from you or a, something that represents something that's important to you, that sort of thing. Magnus kind of frowns for a second thoughtfully. He's like, you know, that, that might work. I was, I was concerned to, to do portals normally here since I, I feel almost cut off from the source of my power, but, you know, that... He kind of smiles at the, the... Was it a scientist person? He's a lawyer, but he's basically oh, right, like yeah. her right-hand man. He gives the lawyer a nice kind of a, a bit of a smile, like, good thinking, good thinking. So a, a symbol, something that represents me. Hmm. He kind of like pats his pockets thoughtfully. Ah, <laughs> I've just the thing. And he pulls off one of his, um, one of his rings. And he kind of, he goes a little misty eyed. This was given to me by a, a dear friend, a dear friend. And he, he hands it to the to the lawyer. Take good care of it. He says, uh, it might help our, our magister affix it to the spot if we knew a little bit more about your friend and your relationship. A sort of um, uh, uh, the spiritual heart of the thing, if that makes any sense. Well, it was... Uh... Let's see, it was Paris in, what was it, the 16, 1690s? Uh, you know, it all blurs together. Oh, he was this absolutely delightful artist. I, you know, he painted these just delightful, uh, let's please pretend I know anything about art. Um, <laughs> hey, I had, to, I had to learn about bombs on the spot. You got to learn about art now. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, what? That wasn't the Renaissance. That was later. Uh, he painted these delightful watercolors. And, uh, you know, of course. Uh, I think you're talking about uh, Pierre Mignard. <laughs> Exactly. That was it, Pierre, of course. One of the artists that died. Um. <laughs> oh, no, he would have been 80 at that time. Let's see who, who else was active. <laughs> no, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't particularly famous, but you know how uh, 
Even bad art looks good when you're in love. Oh, that's a great quote. I love it. You know, he kind of looks down for a second, thoughtfully, a little bit sad. Everything ends eventually. He was leaving for, he was leaving for America. And, uh, you know, I just, I wasn't ready to follow. And he gave me this ring and told me to, uh, find him if I ever, if I ever came there. America, you say? Yeah. Do you know his name uh, or, or what name he might have used when he came to the States? Well, I, I'm really not sure. I, uh, I, like I said, I lost track of him. Um, I, I can only assume his, his ship went down before he made it there because I, I tried to look him up once I did get there. He would have been quite old by that time, but uh, totally, you know, quite impossible to, uh, to find. But life goes on. Well, if you ever want to try using our, our finding people software, it's pretty exciting. I'm, uh, I'm helping work on the, the, next, uh, the next iteration. Um, we, we have a science division. You, you're welcome to come look at it sometime when you're done with this mission. I can walk you around. You think he's maybe into you. You're not sure. <laughs> Aw, Magnus is flattered. all right uh hezekiah you want to have anything uh happen before you head out on the mission no um hezekiah just kind of goes off on his own and spends a good chunk of time just psyching himself back up like this is you know he's been in a couple of scrapes since uh since Jericho, but this is the first battle he's been a part of. So he's um, he's not in a great place right now, so he's just kind of building himself back up to it. Cool. Do you, uh, do you want to get to know Colburn or uh, the two women, Lupe and Ischel? Um, he's not really a talker. Like, if somebody comes up and talks to him, he's not going to shoo him away and he'll have a conversation, but he is... Hezekiah is very much, you know, he's looking down the sights and he's getting ready to go. He's practicing with the new knife and um, just kind of, you know, throwing a few practice stabs out there just in case. Doing some cool knife tricks. Exactly. Hell yeah. Cool ass knife tricks. Cool team with a cool knife trick. Okay. Louie, do you want to talk with any of your, your colleagues? Um, I'm focused on the bombs and uh after that i'll probably you know wander off somewhere outside where i can uh, see hezekiah flirting with the knife but i don't really need to like get close or talk or anything like that i just kind of want to be able to see some of the party so that when we go i know it's time to go i think that's it everyone's busy flirting (laughs) knives with people destiny Uh, Louie, you're, you're parked over your, your bombs and reading a, a manual and you hear a, and the Billy Bumbler is standing up with his feet on the edge of the, the bomb box and he's looking up at you with this weird inquisitive look 
And then he gets this ugly look on his face and he's like, gets all sniffy like there's some dirt in his nose. And then he walks backward on his hind legs. And it's almost like he's looking past you to something else. I, well, I look past me and see if there's anything over there. <laughs> you look around behind you and you see it's fucking uh, Walter leaned back against a, a picket fence. There's a, there's a few pigs behind this fence, and uh, he's just leaned up against it. He's in these black boots. One, one of his feet is up on the, the, the post, and he's picking his nails with a knife, and he looks up at you. like He's still looking down you know, with his head, but his eyes are looking up at you, and he's got this, the most evil grin appears on his face, and he says, Howdy, partner. Getting anything done? Uh... Maybe. I don't really have time right now, but uh, I stole a key. I don't know what it's for. Nice. He uh, he gets up and he starts walking towards you, and you hear the wind pick up, and there's dust swirling around, and it's like fucking with your eyes, and you're, you're having trouble. Uh, like, you, you go to shade the, the dust out of your eyes, and as it as it's like kind of dies down, suddenly you look up and he's gone. But right in front of you at your feet is what looks like a little pocket Bible. Shit. Is it a pocket Bible? It is. It's like a blue faux leather thing. It's, it's about a uh, three inches tall and you know, two what, inches what wide. Color or is it? What's that? What color is it? It's blue. It's navy. Okay. Well, I'll pick it up and look at the first page. Okay. You open it up, and it's got this evil-ass picture of Walter grinning at you. Uh, I put it in my back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. Thank you so much for being on another episode. And uh, next time will be the mission. Alright, cool, cool. The War for the Tower is a special project of the Trap Society and Colossus Media Group. Our theme song is Morgana Rides by Kevin McLeod. You can find his music at incompetech.com. Send us an email at warforthetower at gmail.com. Stay weird, everybody. Oh, we got to assign hero points. Uh, Andrea, who do you think earned themselves a hero point this week? Um, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it to, uh, to Hezekiah, I just liked the the whole cool knife tricks image. That was that <laughs> delighted me. Danka, danka. <laughs> I just picture like a uh, like a it isn't Hezekiah, but like like a sixteen year old in his in his room, like like kind of doing cool kata moves with a knife. Oh, doing fake knife stabs. That's exactly what like I pictured. Shirt off. And no, we I are all delighted. <laughs> Got a YouTube picture in the background, YouTube video going. Okay. Uh, um, well, and I think I would have voted for Hezekiah too. So it's a clean sweep. Oh, it's well, a clean you. sweep. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> what what was your favorite Hezekiah moment? Uh, well, I was very happy that they were just as upset as I was uh, that her friend disappeared. But, uh, you know, a little bummed out that they didn't want to pursue that with me, but it's okay. Aw, <laughs> oh, you wanted to rescue me! Yeah. Aww. I was very curious. I just said I, I did not have the vocabulary to, to do anything about it. Don't worry, <laughs> Magnus will probably tell you guys about it later. Search just demons. At least some of it. Yeah. All right. Um, and Chase, who? What'd you think? Um, I'm gonna go ahead and give it to Magnus. That was a very sweet love story that you painted uh-huh. at the end there. Thank uh, you. And I, am... I wish, I wish I'd had more actual like background. That was just right <laughs> off the top of my head. And I was doing that my is. Best. <laughs> and as somebody who had to pretty much invent an entire uh, finale to his campaign off the top of his head, you know, game recognized game. Thank you. That means a lot. I'm I'm trying to get better at um, improvising. That's that's the game. That's Indeed. the game. All right. I'm just very glad that one hit me once I'd already woken up a little bit more. Like <laughs> it's 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 tough doing this so early. Hell yeah! Yes. Absolutely. Anybody have anything else before we shut it down? Nope, I actually do have to jet, so I will catch you all later. Thank all you right, very much, man. Right. Fantastic. See you or hear you. Ciao. Likewise. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Hey, is Magnus still there? Yes, I'm still here. Hi. Hey, I'm, I've been looking up French artists, trying Hi. to find one that moved to America in like right. 1700 or whatever. I love it. <laughs> This is fun. I have no idea if that's even believable, but sure, why not? I figured it would be. I, I kind of threw out like, so that would have been like probably the what early 1700s, because that's you know far enough before. I didn't want to get into like the Revolutionary War era. Uh huh. But I'm also I don't know anything about history. I I keep meaning I want to make some sort of a a bit of a timeline of where Magnus has been at least for you know. 100-year increments. Did you live in New Orleans? Probably. Because that would be a good way to merge French with uh, a French artist with America. I love yeah. that. Cool. It's exciting. Well, I, I mean, I don't think, yeah, at least as I was making up the story, I don't think that Magnus ever did find the guy again. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he, he was done. They... Their affair was over. It was fun, but you know, immortal warlock. You can't you can't just stay with someone for forever. I love that there's this hanging thread that he's even forgotten whether he he like knew anything. It's almost like barely can barely recall. Yeah. Well, there's there's been a lot of people in Magnus's life. <laughs> <laughs> Not everyone gets a, a deep uh, memory. But he did still have the ring, so. Yeah. I assume that a lot of, that a lot of Magnus is jewelry, because he wears a lot of jewelry. And I imagine a lot of it is gifts and kind of mementos from his mm-hmm. life. What does this ring look like? I was picturing, like, nothing too gaudy. Like, 
just some sort of, I think gold, not, would it be gold? Probably, no, I don't think it was gold, like some sort of less, you know, like a cheaper, like, I don't know if there were people, you know, back then, you know, those, those little stalls that like sell rings on the side of the road and, you know, uh-huh. you're on a date with someone, you're like, oh, let's, let's, here, let me buy you something. And it's kind of tacky, but it's it's sweet, so you so you wear it and you hold on to it. Cool, like it's pewter or bronze or like a yeah, shitty gold alloy. Yeah, it probably kind of dyes his finger green, um, <laughs> you know, but it's still nice. Oh, I love that image then. It, as you pull it off, it'll have this green ring around your yeah. finger. That's fun. Very cool. All right. Well, thank you so much. Have yourself a wonderful day. Yeah, now that I, I forgot that it's, it's now five hours different, not four hours. Mm. So I, I mix it up, but yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for playing. Thanks for having me on. It was a lot of fun. Hell yeah. I'll, I'll try to actually have my, my temporal issues solved by then. <laughs> okay. I think it would require you staying in one country for more than like a month or so. Well, listen. (laughs) (laughs) No, Patreon's for extra stuff. Not for good stuff. Sexy, western, futuristic shit. I love it. Oh, yeah. Ooh, I'm gonna record my audio. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. (laughs) <laughs> recording now. Okay, I'm definitely recording now. Okay, good. Turns out I hadn't started. What is she, 12 hours ahead of us? What is she, 12? <laughs> <laughs> what is she, some kind of crazy world traveler? <laughs> In New Zealand. Oh shit, it's magic. <laughs> If for some reason there are new listeners, uh, uh, we use, instead of dice for this, we use cards. So everybody should have a deck of playing cards handy. Oh, yes. Um, Do you guys have just regular old cards? Do you have special cards? I have uh, an Uno deck. (laughs) Man, you're going to fuck this game up. Yeah. (laughs) No, uh, I've been using the same uh, special deck of cards I have. It's uh, the history of uh, space and space travel uh, from uh, Earth's perspective. It's pretty cool. Pew, pew, pew. That's the sound of my finger guns flashing back. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'll, try to, I'll try to stay nice and close, though, and remember that my roommates are awake. Or I should say the people kindly letting me live in their house for free in case they're listening. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah. In case they're uh, subscribed to the Patreon. Yes. (laughs) So, Chris and Cassie, if you're out there, thank you for supporting us. Thank you so much, Chris and Cassie. It's people like you that uh, make this all possible. Yeah, like, where would we be? Where would we go? Probably not New Zealand. (laughs) How would I even get there? (laughs) Swimming, probably. (laughs) (laughs) daylight savings time is bullshit Uh, we're just gonna be on record for that one oh yeah absolutely one of the bad guys in the campaign is daylight savings time the wizard and we gotta go kick him in the ass i'm ready (laughs) okay because it's the dark tower now that you've said that 
<laughs> that is a canon thing. Not necessarily showing up in this show, but it 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 exists. It's out there now. You choose the form that the monster appears to you in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think. The- you think what? John. John. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I hit the button that I thought was the <laughs> button. So how, how uh, big are these bombs? I don't know. How big is a bomb? <laughs> I I couldn't decide if I wanted to laugh or not, but I was laughing inside. <laughs> but you know what? That's that's acceptable. That's kind of how I handle myself most of the time. Yeah. I'm just so deep in character. It's, you know. <laughs> Wait, what did you say that was... I said V-I-P... Oh! <laughs> Nailed it. P. Hi, I'm here. Let me get recording. Yay. Okay, cool. Yeah, and then we can all clap. <laughs> Thanks for waiting for me. Of course. I just had Magnus disappear, and we'll find out what happened there. And it scared me. Special thanks to Kevin Cole the maker of Space Kings, for letting us use the Space Kings system to to make this show. It's pretty cool. Space Kings.